Welcome to Biggest Geekus. We are your hosts. I'm Randy. I'm Joe. This is episode 97 of our show, and the date is Tuesday, July 19th, 2022. Dude, I'm beat. You said you were too. I am tired today. We're going to make it happen. Well, you know, I work outside as a mailman. Oh. Let, well, we'll say letter carrier because mailman is a weird word because you're saying the same thing twice. Mailman. Right. Uh, there's no men or male. I mean, no. it's weird. It's a weird word. Mail, mail. The way it sounds, of course, you, you'd understand it if you were looking at the word. In any way, in any event, it was 90s yesterday and today. Today, though, seemed worse. I think it was uh, more humidity. But, yeah. And you had a lot going on in your house. Oh, gosh. We finally <clears throat> got the flooring in. We got the furniture back in. Part of the flooring's not quite done in the hallway, but, yeah, we're doing good. Martinson's here. Legion's in. Uh, let's see here. Uh, who else? Larry's here. Darthic. Man, we got a got a gang building up. That's pretty sweet. A gang, yes. A gang, baby. Yeah. So uh, didn't do any gaming, needless to say. But uh, I am in a couple of days, cause taking biggest geekus on the road to Madison, Wisconsin this weekend. A little VengerCon action. I got two. Um, Two uh, slots, Friday and Saturday slot, ten to two, and uh, Tim Scott's in the house. Welcome, Tim. And I'm I'm excited about that. We'll see how it goes. Um, should be an interesting first convention. Probably small, but hey, that's all right. He's a mailman too. I'm a super mailman. Tim Scott says he's a mailman, but he's he's really being redundant there. Yes. Some exactly. some of us would say that's a little more manly than you actually are. Oh, I wouldn't. Tim is all kinds of man. Hmm. <laughs> so, I am joking. Joe never jokes, Tim. He doesn't like you. He told me. <laughs> oh, man. It's, it's because you're a, a home brewer. No, he does. He does make brew at home. He does. Yeah. Oh, I'm jealous. I'd like to. Uh, I'd like to be able to do something like that. Make a have a production of some kind. I mean, I've got, I've got this one thing going. This little thing. Right, you're starting, dude. You're being techno wizardry PDF master. Well, I'll be filing for bankruptcy. What's called week. what's called DBA. Mm. Doing business as nice instead of an LLC because that is the advice of a lawyer, a CPA, and another businessman uh, online who talks about these sorts of things. LLCs are good for some things, but what what we're doing with Big Geek Emporium mm-hmm. is not like there's no office workers, there's no physical interaction with the real world it's all digital so um there are some concerns like uh someone is if someone decides to want to pull a fast one and throw some illegal content up on our server i think that um the way the law works if they want to be really stick up their butt about it they could say they could make a case but the good thing is the server does not reside in my home, so perfect. Yeah, it is out in the ether. 
Well, until the server, until we get a dedicated server, we're using a shared server. So if they have to arrest anybody, they arrest everybody. Nice. The <laughs> tip, perfect. It'd be the hosting company, though, not me. So. Oh, good. <laughs> Te. So yeah, but I got my. I wrote my adventure. We wrote it for the third time. I'm gonna have the guys um, that I'm rooming with. They're gonna run it Thursday night. They're gonna both play. They're gonna go old school. They're gonna play two characters apiece. I'm gonna see how it goes. So. Okie dokie. Yeah, Legion of Myth says I was told sole proprietor LLC kept me better protected monetarily than a DBA. Maybe it's state by state. Well, um, all but one of these folks are all here in Michigan. The other fellow lives in Texas. And uh, uh, he said an LLC is, uh, unless you definitely need the um, the liability protection it affords, then, and I'm talking to a lawyer on Thursday. So we're going to go over a few things, including how much it costs to have him around, probably more than I would like. <laughs> it's a we'll to look at that, yeah. But you know, you got the but, deep pockets of a math teacher, so yeah, <laughs> dude. So, um, speaking of Texas, what about Eric July? Did we talk about ISOM number one? No, I don't think we did. Dude, is he like 2.6 million? Yeah, mm, like 50 the last I saw, million. yeah, he's That's got awesome. two months, two months of his campaign. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think. It's gonna. It's possible if he brings out stretch goals and more, mm-hmm. um, a more variety of uh, paraphernalia for his for his uh, for his comic company. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think um, the fandom um, rallied at the very beginning, and it's probably just gonna sail on. It might yeah, get a four. I'll be shocked. Mr. Max Bovin is in. Hello, bud. Uh, but I'll be shocked if he gets if he breaks three, I'll believe it. But I don't imagine he's gonna go too far past three million. He might though. Who knows? He's got the buzz. Uh, I really hope he I hope it's good because I want because I'm not if I don't like the comic, I'm out. Oh yeah, yeah. You have to it has to be good. And that's why I didn't buy I didn't kick I didn't do any of the kick in for any of the paraphernalia. I'm like, I don't know if I'm liking these people yet. So right. I have some faith. I, I, I like Eric. Cool. I like Eric, so it'll probably be cool. Yeah. The art looks fine. It's mm-hmm. um I would I don't know if I of course we've only seen a couple of pictures. It doesn't look fabulous, but doesn't it looks solid. Ninety it looks, it looks like solid. 90, it looks like nineties comics art, which is what yeah. he said. Yeah. Which I always liked. Uh yeah. got me back into comics. I've uh yeah, I've already um Green Apple, if you're gonna pick it up, you might wanna you might wanna get in the little uh, fu- uh crowdfunding. I don't. Is it going to be on the stands? Can he pick it up on the stands? Is that what he's talking no, about? No, that's what we, uh, I don't know if that's what he's talking about. Well, he man, you got time. You got like 50, 60 days. 60. I mean, you're not going to get um, issue number. You're not going to get the original cover. No. The first first, uh, first run cover. Which uh, one did you pick? One A, one B, or did you do one C? A. Is A the one where he's it's it's him or the one with with the I didn't like the one with the girl as much. Oh, that's a very popular one, apparently. Yeah, I didn't. I picked the other one. Yeah, yeah. I just. I mean, I, don't, I mean, I don't mind good-looking chick, but I was just. Eh, the rest of it looked. But I think the other one looked better. But it's okay. <laughs> Martin, nineties comics, big shoulders, small feet. Yeah, was that a? Was that a? Uh, oh God, what's his name? From uh, Image, started Image, one of the Image, Tom McFarlane, Tom McFarlane thing, and 
Jim. Oh yeah, that's true. I, you know, I never, I never knew that. I never, it never dawned on me. But now that you say, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah obviously, feet are de-emphasized because. Yeah, Green Apple's going to order. He just been, he been dropping some large cash recently. He said so. That's cool. I don't know if the subsequent print runs are going to be a different price. Knowing Eric, I don't think. I think they're all thirty-five for just getting the book itself. Yeah. I don't think any of the other print runs have. Uh, I haven't looked at the. I haven't looked at it all. In a I'll pay days. fifty for him to sign it. I mean, that's fine. But I don't want him touching it. Grind. It's too precious. Get your fingers off. Get your. What are you doing? Touching your own book. Right. <laughs> all right. Shall we jump into hey, that kind of stuff? Is just never important to me. Mm-hmm. But any other you, thoughts or when we're when we're about ten years older, we'll probably. It'll the signature one will probably worth a billion dollars. <laughs> probably not. But it all, that billion dollars will get you like a milkshake or something. Correct. Like that. Right. Yeah. Going at the rate we're going now. I'll be able to buy my daily cup of Soylent Green by then. Right. Right. <laughs> Soylent. Oh. Soylent. Yeah. So actually, our buddy Patrick did this. This is a the front shirt. I don't know. Can I? I'll, tell me if you can see this. I'm gonna do the back too. Is that even showing? Probably not. No, you're too high. No, no, you're, no. That you're making it worse. <laughs> I'm making it worse. Sorry, you're making it dude, much sorry. worse. I nobody, you know, no, no, nobody, no one needs to see that. No. So anyway, um, but it says, uh, you know, our little sign-off thing. Give me thing like this. Yeah. For those so, on audio only, yeah. uh, Patrick, our friend, uh, made a T-shirt for for. Well, I'm not going to VengerCon, but I got one anyway because I am who I am. Yeah. And, yes. Uh, I am who I is, and uh, is a, there's a new he he uh, spruced up the um, logo I made, and uh, it's going to end up getting posted somewhere. I'm not I'm sure gonna, where exactly. I'm going to be I'm going to be pushing it and pimping it and pimping Big Geek Emporium at VengerCon, and so I'm hoping we we'll have enough guys to really maybe help us out a little bit. But it's going to be a small con. It'll be fun though. It's something to do. Right. So we don't have any new folks in the chat but if there are any new folks listening that are not participating in the chat that joined uh recently we we got seven new followers on our twitter account Sweet. just today so if any any of you are out there listening um and don't know about big geek emporium go to biggeekemporium.com and you'll see all the stuff um i wonder what is the name of the proprietor of big of a of an emporium, an emperor. <laughs> I like that. That's good. Let's go with that. Randy's emperor. butt. What is this? Only uh, only fans. We, <laughs> nobody wants that. I don't know, dude. If uh, this big geek emporium goes, I'm gonna have to start an OnlyFans to watch Randy roll dice. <laughs> yeah, because anything else, well, that would actually lose customers. <laughs> it would. <laughs> Oh, baby. Yeah. Alrighty. So, all that's being said, we're going to dive into Let's do it. the thing. Big topic today is alignment, redux. We're going to tackle this idea again. What I wanted to do, Joe, is not just talk about the alignment, what's your favorite alignment system, but the idea of alignment. A little bit of where it came from, and then a little bit of where, we, where it's at and kind of where we think it goes. Kill Raven in the house. So, before we get started, a definition. This is what I found on the Google search. Alignment is a categorization of the ethical and moral perspectives of player characters, non-player characters, and creatures. That was a D&D Google search. 
So category huh? That's fine. Yeah, yeah it's fine. Uh, they have to go more draw overview. Now, we had a couple, and Joe's had all these in the in the uh, in the links and stuff, the show notes and stuff. But uh, you get to read those articles on Grognardia about the sort of the beginnings of alignment. They were basically uh, when they used alignment in OD and D because it was based off war games, it was really not meant to be anything remotely restrictive or proscriptive. If you were law, you basically sided on the side of good. If you were chaos, you sided on the side of roughly evil. And if you were neutral, you kind of were mercenary and did your own thing. And it was meant to be connected. So I guess there were ideas like that in Chainmail, because that's where they got the alignment piece from, this law, chaos, and neutrality. Um, it doesn't seem like to me, reading the old book, it meant much of anything to anyone. Right. There wasn't even paladins then, right? Yeah. No, no. You're talking about the big, you know, cleric fighter. Well, actually, there's no thieves. Cleric, wizard, the beginning. No. fighter, elf, and dwarf, and halfling. That was it. So um, they came later on. But my point was, it just didn't seem to mean much of anything. Right. Um, so it, was, it was even more broader defined than what you just read. It sure. was just team law, team chaos, and then everybody else were, was neutral and yeah. can just float around. Yeah. So anyway, uh, did you get to read the article? There's another one about um, uh, Tolkien, Moorcock, and Anderson. I think the article seemed to say that Tolkien was the main alignment guy, was the motivator for uh, alignment more in D&D later on, like AD&D, 1A and Beckney. But honestly, I thought Moorcock had a much stronger play in that. Yeah, um, I... I... I really didn't get a chance to read anything. Mm-hmm. Well, the author, I don't, I know very little about Paul. But I've Andrew. heard all these stories about yeah. more uh, about how Moorcock was influenced, and then how Moorcock influenced D and D. However much it, he did. Yeah. So there's there's a very here, let me see if I can do some sharing. It's a dangerous thing. I know. Sharing is caring. Yep. Um, share my screen. When I go, uh, la, la. is that shared yet? No. No, it's not. There we go. That's not what I want to share, though. I want to share this. How do I switch that? Shoot, Randy. Joe cannot let me do stuff like this. What are you trying to share? Uh, I'm trying to share the story of Which how J.R. Tolkien. I'm going to do it again. Give me a Which second. Which article? The J.R. Tolkien one. I'm doing it. Give me a second. I got to make it happen. I don't know what. Window, Chrome tab. Ah. Share. That does it. So I think everybody's seen those. Those are just a little the alignment meme we've seen before. Uh, you know, you've got. Um, Neutral good. Um, God, who is that? Oh, there it is. Yeah, those. That's not the point. They talk right here. I don't know how well you guys can see this. Um, maybe I should make it a little bigger. Ooh. Talking about Tolkien, uh, the good and evil axis, and you know that may have had some some effect on it. I thought it was interesting that was the Paul Anderson comment down here. I wanted to find this. Um, 
uh, he wrote a lot about chaos versus law and said the heroes joined the forces of law who were led by the Roman Catholic Church. This is in Paul Anderson's writings. I know little to nothing about it. Three Hearts and Three Lines, I think, is one of his bigger ones. Uh, the forces of chaos were driven by witches and trolls and fairies. So that that combination, I can see that because um, witches and trolls, I would say, automatically are evil. But fairies, I wouldn't call evil. Would you? It depends on which legend you're talking about. If more right. Norse, the more Norse or the more Nordic you get, the more evil they get. Yes. And well, and also if you're doing like, uh, yeah, Nordic. So you're talking, if you do winter fay and all that other stuff, that sometimes gets a little bit. And considering the Nordic influences in Tolkien, that makes sense. Ooh, Although, What's up, man? I've not seen Aaron's name in the list. Glad I didn't write it here. But I thought this article was kind of interesting. And then it brings up Moorcock and the Law of Chaos. I mean, you know, and he had his anti-heroes, which is what Elric definitely was, and all the sort of eternal champions. And then he starts talking about, I just don't get why he's putting so much emphasis on... Okay, dude, on Tolkien. dude. Yeah. The folks that are watching, you're giving them Tourette's. Oh, am I? <laughs> what am I doing? I do, the, I do the same thing. You're moving your the... Screen up your um Too fast. You're you're scrolling a lot. Yes. And no one can no one can follow it. God gotcha. no one can read it. No one can actually read it. Okay, give me a second then. <laughs> Move it up. I'll leave it right here. I'll make it bigger. Is that better? Yeah, that's good. Okay. Okay, so I'm driving. So Paul Anderson, I may have read a novel of his. Yeah. I saw a picture of him today because I was I was trying to find something that I remember um Clerics wear ringmail. Taylor over there. Yeah, Taylor. They had some discussion of alignment not long ago. He did with some, with uh, a guest, and uh, I was trying to find that particular episode. Taylor, when you listen to this, and I know you will, <laughs> when you listen to this, there is a game system that has an alignment ranking that I cannot. An alignment ranking system. Hmm. And I cannot for life of me remember what it was referred to in that episode, but it's a scale three plus three, negative three. Oh, okay. And then you go between it depending on your actions. And as long as you don't go too far, too close to, to, um, like say you're good, mm-hmm. as long as you don't stray too far off good, you stay good. So you got like negative half or a positive half to three. Mm hmm. It's all good, okay. but if you drop off of that neg- that p- positive half, you become neutral. You might even become evil, depending on what you're doing. But I can't remember the name of the system. So, oh, Mr. Max Max Bobbin says, "What do you think of this statement? Non-neutral alignments are non-neutral alignment are compromised. What's that? Are you sure that's what you mean? I'm not sure. Non-neutral alignment are compromised. I'm not sure what that means." <laughs> Huh. Don't know. Anyway, yeah, what can you do? But um, so I, I'll say this much. I do think the article's fair that I could see the influences of Paul Anderson, Moorcock for sure, and then Tolkien a little bit, sure, absolutely, in D&D. And so you end up with, well, at least I can move this slowly here. Let's find where they kind of bring chainmail in. There you get your infamous, you know, nine-part alignment. Um, yeah. And so... That's kind of most people when they think D and D, I think the nine alignments, don't you? 
Yeah, that's what. I, well, we played more from AD and D forward than we did the prior editions for sure. That's probably why. Yeah, and, yeah, and one E, two E, and three E all had the nine alignments. Four E was kind of weird. I thought it was kind of weird how they well no shock right. They had good, lawful good, evil, chaotic evil, and unaligned. That's weird. They took the neutral off of the alignments, except for the true yeah. or the unaligned. The and true I, neutral and unaligned. Yeah, and I believe they didn't want PCs. They said explicitly PCs should not be evil, and I'm okay with that. I, mean, I personally don't want that in my game, generally speaking. Um, CBK Ply says Dragonlance book had a law neutral chaos scale chart. It didn't have good. I thought for sure it was a because that was both one e that was all the additions of early D&D. Well, law is supposed to be good. Mm-hmm. Because non-law is bad apparently. I mean, I do, depend, depend I do like the idea of unaligned uh though neutral fits that bill for me. I have no problem with animals being neutral or unaligned either one. I don't know how it really matters. Neutral to me is you kind of you do what you have to do sometimes. And you don't, you know, you don't look to make your life harder than it needs to be but you get what you have to get, you know? And so, and, and it's just not to your advantage to be overly cruel and it's not to your advantage to be overly, you know, kind. So unless, you know, I mean, most of the time, so you're kind of like, eh, you know, I do what's, what's good for me for the most part. Now, I'm not necessarily, yeah. not, I don't think a neutral person's necessarily completely selfish, but they're like, I got, I got to watch out for me. Well, the problem is this. I mean, I like alignment systems, but, if you're thinking about them a little too hard, they, mm-hmm. they break down. And here's yeah. one way. Most human beings prefer order. Yep. Now, it now where the order comes from is generally the question. Is right. it order that's closer to them or order that they look to on high to get? So, uh, earthly order. So, um, do they prefer to be told what to do and they'll do it? Or do they prefer to march by their own drumbeat, which doesn't make them chaotic. It just means the order that they follow is their own yes. or maybe a small group. Maybe they're in a gang mm-hmm. or some kind of club, secret club. Nobody knows about or whatever. They all prefer order, which law kind of implies order. So I would prefer you say light and darkness than law and chaos. Um, a good or good and evil is fine too, right? Because um, you can be good, and, and this is the kind of thing that you get in trouble with with paladins or yep. people who look at law and look at it too literally and say, "Well, I'm in a new town. I'm going to follow the laws here." Well, what if the law says you you know you shoot your neighbor? Right. Um, everybody shoots their neighbor or right. free. Uh, it's a uh, um, when the when the noon bell strikes, everybody goes crazy, and then two hours later they go back to normal. There was some kind of Star Trek thing like that where they had a a town where everybody went nuts at a particular time of day, and then after that they were fairly normal folks. They held nothing against anybody that did something to them. Some I can't remember all the details, but yeah. they had a k- kind of order. But um, oh, I wouldn't. 
Max says Powered and Purge Planet. <laughs> get to get their evil on for, for one hour per day. You can do it. Yeah, that, yeah, that Purge stuff. I don't. I don't. I mean, that was funny, but I don't. Yeah, that's. I don't. I don't think that's a thing. I mean, do people really like? I'm gonna. Be, I'm gonna be, I've been good all the time. Of course, everybody. Let's put good in quotations. Now I got to get all evil and stuff. Um, yeah, we're gonna bring that up, uh, Mr. Aaron. He says, "I don't like using alignments. I like having the characters portray their characters how they want, and everyone around them perceives them based on their actions." Well, yeah, that's what's going to happen. So that's right, right. That's fair. That's a fair uh, take. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, that's kind of where I want to conclude that. Um, and you know, really, first, second, third, and um, fifth all did the alignments pretty much the same. Right. Oh, nerdy nice. ogre. Any game okay. system that has an alignment system should spell out what is expected from each alignment. Failing that, the GM spells it out. I agree. That's yeah. why. That's mm-hmm. why um, Palladiums is. I know in D and D they spell it out, but they there's kind of wiggle room in all of the definitions, and yeah. there's a history with people just not doing that thing. Yeah. In uh, whatever it says in the alignment, they have they don't do that. So no. they'll say, I'm chaotic good. What does that mean? Whatever's good for me. Yeah. So, no, no not whatever's good for you. No, that's, you know, people have their own interpretation. I, I think Nerdy Ogres are spot on. If you're going to use it, the book wants to use it, tell us what it is. And the D- yes. now, if you're going to be vague, then the DM's got to clarify. Um, yeah. Well, we're gonna, let's let's, let's kind of come back to that question because something that D&D has always done with alignments. Because they've connected them to the planes. Whether you use the Great Wheel or that, or the most recent one, the World Axis, that started in 4E. Is 5E World Axis cosmology? Does anyone know? Is 5E a World Axis cosmology? That's definitely not one I know. Well, it's it's got two approaches, so let me find... No, what I mean is I don't know if 5th if, if fifth edition does that. Right. Um, I got sent a link here. Oh, cool. Um, it's another Grognardia article. I'm going to put that in private chat so you can take a look. Okay. It is about alignment, so it is topical. Oh. Don't see <clears throat> it. Tracking. Alignment tracking. <clears throat> oh, yes. That's the thing, too. Well, yeah, alignment tracking. That's Well, thing. actually, the, the uh, OD&D planes... That kind of four quadrant, the quadrant uh, thing that you, yeah. uh, the other Grognardia article, yeah. mm-hmm. that's a tracking system itself, right? Because you can fall kind of somewhere in there, and then the DM can move you around in that box, depending on what you do, or to a different box. I'm, isn't that what that was for? I know there was a version of this in one of the DMGs. <clears throat> Not the one you're looking at, but the one that's linked in the uh, show notes, not the show notes, the outline that you sent me. It's the uh, old OD Plains, old D&D Plains article from Grognardia. <laughs> you're muted. I am muted again. Sorry. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, the World Axis, I, w- I want to actually share that one. The World Axis one, just so we can see it. I think, I'm guessing everyone, I'm assuming everyone knows the Great Wheel, but that's a dangerous thing to assume. 
Uh, let me see here. So let me scoot that. Trying not to cause any kind of Tourette's. You're going to. I did it anyway. Yeah, probably. But there's there's the world axis. So starting with that, the idea is you have right the planes here, and they're divided in like one above and one below. I believe it's a. I guess I better just read it because I don't want to drive people crazy. You're split in two axes. Uh, the astral dominions and the elemental, cha- elemental chaos. So what's below is the elemental cha- chaos and what's above. Um, and the world the world tree model was abandoned in favor of the world actri- axis. Um, and I don't know. It's fine. Do whatever you want. I know. What are the three? What are those three? Um, I think they spheres. are. Because it looks like a heaven hell paradigm. Right, but it's more like well, it says it's the the elemental chaos is below, astral dominions above. Yeah, same, same but different, man. The three across, um, hemisphere above and below. Um, I'm trying to get oh, oh shadow. shadow, shadow fell. That all I don't know the whole di- Feywild, and then the prime material plane. Okay, okay, across. that makes sense. Yeah. Considering those are all the those are all this is fifth edition, right? I, well, for, it started with fourth. I don't right, know right. if it's this all, all those about. words, all those um, all those words sound familiar. Yeah, hearing people talk about fifth edition, the Feywild and, and Shadowfell and all this stuff, elemental chaos. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's a star-filled sky above and kind of hellfire below. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Larry Allen asked a good question. What about changing your alignment depending on how your character feels that session? <laughs> we'll call that chaotic insane. Yeah. We'll say, uh, hand me your character sheet because now you're an NPC. <laughs> yeah. Um, Thurston Howell had a, had a, a comment earlier. Um, hey, gang, has anyone ever heard of alignment tendencies? For example, chaotic neutral with good tendencies. That was in the, the monster manual a lot from, uh, from what I remember. That yeah, wasn't that something was, that wasn't a player thing. No. That was an that NPC was, uh, and monster thing. But I fully adopted that, especially during the heyday of Planescape. There was a lot of creatures oh, sure. lawful neutral with good tendencies. You know, that's I've always liked that. It lets you I think it lets you give more to the character. You know, a guy that's basically orderly and believes in balance, but he kind of likes the good side better. Lawful neutral with good tendencies, but it depends how much you want to get. Nerdy Ogre makes a comment that I think is interesting. I don't know if I agree with it. He says his observation is that people put, well, I have to agree with it. It's his, it's his observation. So I'm not going to say whether I agree or not, it's irrelevant. Uh, play one of three alignments, murder, hobo, evil, chaotic, stupid. Oh gosh. I hate that alignment. Annoying. Good. I've seen those. I can say I've seen those. <laughs> so, oh, sure. Sure. Murder, hobo, evil is pretty prevalent. Yeah. Um, and I chaotic, play stupid is too. Well, you know, like, annoyingly good, though, like some people will be like, I played a lot of paladins and they would say, well, you're annoyingly good. I've heard would think that, but it's not like I try to, like, not let anybody have fun. But I do believe that as a lawful good person, you have to be good. And I think you should probably approach kindness. Oh, what's this? Patrick Demo says, I'm in alignment <laughs> fluid, alignment fluid, trans chaotic, two spirit, Lego morph therian. Oh, no. I don't know what Lego, Lego or Lago morph. Morph, L-A-G-O-M-O-R-P. Ortherian is. Ortherian, uh, I've heard that. I can't remember where it's from. Is that from uh, John Carter of Mars, Therian? Uh, but I don't know Lego Morph. 
Uh, yes, Max. Chaotic Game Disruptor. Yep, had a lot of those. I'm a lone wolf. I do what I want. And I've got a, a very. I got a. I got a good player. Um, I won't name names. What is that? Ah, do what I want. <laughs> so, um, I got a player. He's a good player, but a man. If you let, as a DM, if you let things drag too much, meaning you're not moving the scenes along and the players just kind of meandering, he'll he'll turn on chaotic disruptor in a, in a heartbeat. But I understand it. So, because it gets annoying if the DM doesn't keep the game rolling. But that's not his general way to play. Mm-hmm. Oh, just for everybody's information, in case you didn't already know, mm-hmm. I listened to a couple of evolutionary biologists the other day. Yeah. Because I do that in my off time. Well, yeah, why not? And two-spirit is not a thing. What does it even mean? It's made up completely. Yeah, most of it is. Well, if someone's digging through... Um. Um, Native American, oh, uh, or you know, these were Canadians, so it was uh, indigenous cultures looking for any tiny little thing they can grasp onto to make them queer or whatever. No, oh, please. And you know, if you are, who cares? But the, if you either are or not, why don't you don't need to superimpose your thing on people? And that's what ended up happening, apparently. Anyway. Way off topic. Aaron, Aaron, we're assuming your alignment. We're assuming it's lawful good. <laughs> no, a lot of people, a lot, lot of people don't. A lot of people think that it's real, and oh, they my. put that on. Uh, they put that after their. They put that after their. Um, <laughs> they put that after their name, in in Twitter in their Twitter bio. Two spirit. What about this one, dude? Check out Iron Man. What's up, man? He's one of our dudes. Judges Guild city-state setting an invincible overlord. The overlord ruler of the city-state was lawful evil with good tendencies. He would do uh, he would do good things if for if it furthered his interest. That's that's phony good. That's not that's, actual that's not good. Really good. It no, might help out phony. people, but the end effect is he's he's getting a big benefit from it. That's it's being a poser. It's definitely not altruistic, and I think that's one of the that's one of the key elements in my mind of what good is. But anyway. <sighs> Transchaotics are chaotics, according to Pat. Pat, so you haven't answered my question. Yeah, what's what, up? What in the hell is Lego Morph? Yeah, please. please. Person that plays Legos? No, Legos. <laughs> L-E-G. L-E-G, not L-E-G. And is it Lego or is it Lego? Ooh, better not be Lego. That'd be L-E, right? Well, A is pronounced A or ah. So, anyway. Back to my question. So you got that new world access thing, and you got the old um, Great Wheel. I love that. That you've seen the map I have. It has yeah. all the. They have a called. What are they called? Uh, not portal towns. Gate towns. Gate each towns. Of, yes. Each one of the planes. Of, I like that. I like thinking of it that way. It kind of doesn't matter though, because the organization of your planar structure, you're you're passing between worlds. Who really cares? Um, do you think do you think that was a good idea to tie those alignments to planes that Elysium is neutral good whereas the seven heavens is lawful good? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, sometimes it's like, oh, that's interesting, but sometimes it's like, well, well, it's a little it's like whoever whatever intelligent design person, you know, um, in the 
uh, world of D&D, decided yeah. that that's how things were laid out. That was a super anal dude. We're going to put these alignments in boxes all around the outside. And, uh. Yeah, I mean, and if you if you connect to the, the Planescape stuff, I mean, before Planescape, um, those were really just words to me. And the planes didn't mean anything because it was like if it wasn't if it wasn't heaven or hell. I didn't know what was going on, you know. Um, I didn't know what Elysium was versus versus um, what um, Asgard. And it's like I get there's probably a difference, but whatever. Um, but it is kind of weird to think everybody on this plane is neutral good, every single person. Because I believe it in the way the planescape is not defined. It if you cast a no alignment on someone from Elysium, whether they were a petitioner. Um, a servant of a god or an animal that lived in that planet on that plane, they would come off as neutral good, which is kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> you got a bear that's neutral good, even though he's eating people. So, but anyway, so I, yeah, I don't think that was ever necessary. Um, part of me loves the idea of sword and sorcery where the different planes and worlds would just be fantastically different. All, I mean, potentially all the laws of the universe. <laughs> Who's that's, a Lego, that's a Lego morph. Oh, okay. And for people listening in, it's a bunny rabbit. Oh, Killraven was trying to answer the stupid question. We yeah, he said a bunny. It's a bunny. It's a bunny. I was like, no, it's not. But, oh, yeah. He's probably going to punch us right in our nuts, dude. We were just ignoring the crap out of him. I have no defense at this point. I'm tired. No, I'm just saying do it and get it over with. So, anyway. Um, Except yeah. don't. Yeah, don't. Do it, but don't. Say you did, and we'll, <laughs> we'll back you up. Just don't actually do it. <laughs> um, so, this, so we're getting into the alignment thing. What about characters? Paladins have to be lawful good. Barbarians. Didn't barbarians use that? Was that third edition? It had to be chaotic something. Yeah, non-lawful in first edition. Yeah. Right? Yeah, non-lawful. Yeah. Which was what? Some part was neutral? Right. What it was? What? Um, no, yeah, some part of the uh, druids' uh, alignment. Well, initially it was true neutral, I believe. If I'm not for the thief, for the thief. Oh, sorry. They just they had to be non good uh, early on. Druids had to be new, true neutral, uh-huh. and then they relaxed that in what, third edition. Just they had to have a neutral yeah. component. I think. Dude, Bruce has got it. Bruce says, been here listening. Good effing show. Right on. Thank you, Bruce. Yeah. Hey, Matt Barniger, what's up, man? Oh, yep. Killraven, Matt. I kind of dig this. I like that he says, Killraven says, I like the concept that the outer planes coalesced over time around the ideas that mortals were having. Yeah, that's not bad. Mm-hmm. But um, do, do you like, did you, I, mean, I know you and I both love the Paladin class because we yes. love the idea of a holy, lawful good knight trying to save the world. Do you like tying alignment to classes like that? If a, if a barbarian ever becomes lawful, he loses all his barbarian powers. You know, it makes sense for um, divinely empowered characters uh, of one sort or another, or infernally powered characters. So if, if you, or, or what if a necromancer went from evil, you know, most of them are evil, if not all of them, they should mm-hmm. be messed with dead things. Um, if a say a um, demon summoner suddenly became a good guy, yeah. he, I don't think he'd be able to do what he was doing before. You know, it just wouldn't work. 
So, and you know, a paladin who's gone to the dark side has to, he's switched allegiances, so he has to seek whatever power he wants elsewhere, like Darth Vader did. Oh, Jesse T asked a question. Maybe they just said, why was alignment placed in the game in the first place? I'm pretty sure it was just to set up which creatures, like OD&D originally did it because they were building armies, right? And Chainmail did it. And so they didn't want you to have trolls aligning with dwarves because they wouldn't. So trolls were on the side of chaos. Dwarves were on the side of law. And elves were initially on the side of law as well. Yeah, it is all about... Original um, idea. It's developed over time, Jesse, though. Yeah, so it's just teams. Early on, it was teams and developed into philosophies. And then it developed into a planar structure. Mm -hmm. Um, So I kind of don't like the coalescing from mortal thoughts thing because you can't coalesce the reality out of things that don't exist yet. So if, uh, if you're mean, if you mean early humans... Um, thoughts coalesced the outer planes or or that the cosmology that's one thing but if all in the multiverse was coalesced out of mortal thinking then that wouldn't work because you'd have to exist first I'm guessing his premise was there are lawful evil people and so over time, the outer planes, the stuff of the outer planes. So, so the cosmology coalesces. Yeah. Morphed itself because all those beliefs, that's very planescaping. All the beliefs yeah. formed the nine hells. The right. devils were born. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. That's a high, it's a highly mythological, fantastical development. Sure, that's sure. Okay in a DD world. And it, and it lends to how anthropomorphic the powers are. So the, the closer to. A humanity the powers are the, the less inscrutable they are the more understandable or likable or all that it lends more to a cosmology that is coalesced out of humanity itself instead of the other way around yeah killer even outer planes are born of ideas inner planes from matter that's yeah. the, very much the planescape yeah. way yeah that's the planescape way um but back to the characters thing so Tracking alignment, that, that was a good thing, that Greg Nardi article, and just in general, that was always the thing you were asked to do in AD&D. Um, what do you think of the old way they used to have mechanical benefits and drawbacks tied to keeping your alignment? I mean, it used to be for everybody. If you shifted alignment, you lost XP, right? Yes, there was a, there was a rule for that. Um, you would lose some, though not, I'm, I'm not sure how much. But yeah, there is a potential for losing um, experience. Yeah, because. Um, Do you like that idea, or not? Is it too hard? As a DM, I found it frustrating. Initially, I tracked you guys, but it got old after a while. Um, I think that it's a mechanism to keep you, not necessarily to re- uh, to constrain your behavior necessarily but more to was that tone from your end or mine yes yes um, you're in you're in so um i think it's more to govern care uh, players uh down not necessarily the straight and narrow but uh being consistent so if i have a character that that i portray as being heroic yet 
every once in a while I'm like, I'm going to do something not heroic. Right. Then you get dinged for it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because you're acting contrary to what your character would likely do. So it's a way to keep, it's a way to, um, it's a way to enforce consistent play. Probably. That's that's the way to look at it. Yeah. If you don't mind, because this is important. Thurston, now the way you said that, Joe, connects to this. Thurston Howell the fourth said, so people would actually role play. Otherwise, you're an avatar in a video game with dice. I don't know if that's true, but I do see what you're saying. Because yeah. you have exactly what Joe was talking about. You know, have some dude. I'm, I'm, we had that all the time. Well, I'm good. But all of a sudden, I got a wild hair at my butt. I'm going to kill everybody in the tavern. Like I would do. Right. All, all the time. <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Chaos. Who? Who wants to listen to some uppity bartender? You know, you kill them and then you have all the beer. So that's what that's the way that's the way it went down when we were what fifteen. Do you think it should be punished the alignment change then? Do you think that's if you're going to use alignment, should there be punishment then if you change? I'd say definitely if there is, it needs to be understood by everybody and spelled out clearly. Yes, it was frustrating as a DM and like, what if you go from chaotic neutral to just neutral? That's a weird thing to punish somebody for. To, for doing what? To go from chaotic neutral to neutral. If you use so environments. I would I would um if you stayed within an ethical sphere, like uh good if you're still good, and maybe maybe um you got a wild hair up your butt and you decided to disobey the law for maybe for a good reason, then right. there's probably no good reason to penalize them. But right. if you went out of your ethical sphere, yeah, I mean, you could. It all. De- it probably just depends on the circumstances. So yeah. I, I, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We must break for Patrick Demo. Okay, let's pause. Sorry, guys, watching this at work, trying to troubleshoot technical issues while on the phone with IT. <laughs> no excuse. <laughs> Watch us always. Focus. You Eyes have to here. prioritize your life correctly. <laughs> and if um, the biggest geek is, is not priority in your life, you're doing life wrong. Dude, here's a thing. Mr. Boivin, look at this. Should the players know their real alignment, they can tell you what they think their characters are, but the GM can keep the tabs on what they're... Oh, I don't know if I, I don't want that. That sounds like an argument. Oh, okay. Okay. So <laughs> I was just listening to... Um, I've been listening to a bit of um, um, Jordan Peterson this week and over the weekend. Uh-oh. And, uh, people have a, some people have a propensity to lie to themselves. <laughs> yes. so, that, so it makes them better able to lie to everybody. Hmm. So I can understand. Um, I can understand what he's saying. Because sometimes we lie to ourselves. We think we're good guys. And then somebody points out, look at all these things you've done. How can you call yourself a good guy? Look what Boivin said. No, you're wrong. I think he's awesome. Um, uh, Chaotic might be, might apply somewhat. Mm Mm-hmm but only because he's always thinking on his feet and sometimes it seems like he's scattered which and he probably is but i think his intentions are good yeah um yeah. t-shirt just like everybody just like most people our intentions 
in our own mind seem good. Yeah. And he, he does seem like he wants to help people. I don't think he says stuff that's even remotely evil. No. Okay, um, I, I bet I get why. I, I bet I get why he thinks chaotic evil oh, perhaps. It depends okay. on if he's orthodox. If he's oh, like okay. an orthodox person. Yeah. Um, or maybe ca- uh, super Catholic. Um, Jordan Peterson can come off as a bad guy because he tries to secularize Christianity a bit. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Okay, so T-shirt historian, which we will also break for here, asks, biggest geekus, how goes the Emporium? Well, we've determined that the proprietor of the Emporium is called the Emperor, so that's me. So, ha-ha. You and Randy coming to the show Saturday to talk about it. I'm going to. Dude. Yeah, Randy's going to be out of town. I'll be AdventureCon, baby. Running adventures. So you, 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 sir, are tasked with pictures that we can post. Yes. Um, so I. Oh, will, that's right, pictures. Dang. Um, <laughs> I thought that was going to be Sunday, but Saturday's fine. It'll have to be after work because I am working. Uh, I don't know what time you would want to do that, but uh, um, DM me on Twitter, and we'll work it out. Um, let's see. Jesse T got a good couple questions here. Should alignment be controlled by the GM for creatures and bad guys and never applied to the care? Never applied to the characters? As in the GM should build the game to give moral choices to players in the form of a story. Uh, if that's what you want to do, that's, yeah. I don't know if it's a should. Uh, moral quandaries kind of drive me a little bonkers depending on because the moral quandary requires the DM have his head on straight morally. If <laughs> yeah. you're throwing a moral quandary at me, you better you better you better have a, a, a proper moral quandary. Um, otherwise, you know, if you what you might think is a moral quandary might not be. Um, yeah, you ha- it has to be pretty much a, a smacking you over the head with a two by four. I was trying to save it to the end, but my my I'm going to say it now. My idea is I like good and e- I like good and evil to be clear. Um, I don't care if we use lawful, chaotic, whatever. Uh, he's super Catholic. Okay. Super Catholic, yeah. I get okay. that. There you go. So it bothers you. Oh, oh, he's also been kind of olive branching Muslims, but only oh. only in so much as trying to say, hey, you know, you don't need to be bad. So yeah, I'm a. I like. A, I don't. I don't. I like good and evil. I like good characters. I don't want characters to be, I'm unaligned. I can do whatever I want at the moment. I don't want that. I don't want characters that act good one session and evil the next. That's just crazy town. No, but being unaligned doesn't mean you necessarily, that's what you do. No, I'm not saying unaligned. Being unaligned means more like we were saying earlier, mercenary. So whatever seems good at the moment or whatever seems expedient. Good isn't the right word in this. If that's your dude, that's your dude. But I don't want you to profess to be a good holy guy Mm -hmm. for a couple of sessions and you do something crazy evil. Um, So, yeah, I mean, we have to be careful. I mean, um, yeah, this is a tough one to do in the game. And I'm not sure I want to do this. What does make some some what Mr. Max Bobbin says, what does make someone? It does make someone evil. How far do you have to go? Small lies, gatekeeping people from the truth, aligning with them on bad paths that might seem good but are bad in the long run. I like it simple, dude. I think uh, lying would be evil, but 
I think characters could do it without being like, you know, in the D and D world, um, there is no, they don't seem to want to, I mean, we, I don't want to lay down the biblical definition of good. Then we got a lot of evil people in the game. Yeah. D and D is at its best when good and evil are treated as tangible things in the world. And some things are inherently evil and other inherently good. I agree with that. I agree. And Max, Boavin, are all sinners evil? Uh, sin is. And, okay, so I believe we are waxing theologic. Yeah, we are. We're heading toward that, which I'm fine with, but I don't think we want to do it in this podcast. Right. So, I mean, it's this is a theologic in the real world, kind of. And uh, we're talking about alignment, which is a caricature or archetyp- archetypal structure that mm-hmm. fuzzily represents what some people think the real world is. I'm not sure about moral quandaries in general. Um, oh, Larry asks, Larry Elliott, didn't mean to do something evil. I was drunk and acting out of character. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. <laughs> That's possible. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah. The king priest of Istar, says Max, Dragonlance was lawful evil. He thought he was good. Eh, I don't want to go into what he thinks. This is the trap of many of the righteous. Try to tell that to someone in real life, even in a game, causes fights. Religious is not equal to good. Well, that's true. Not necessarily, yeah. Yeah. Right. So, at the expense of not getting super theological, um, in the real world here and sticking to alignments in games. Mm -hmm. Uh, When we under, and this is a problem I think with modern games, especially modern D and D is they forget or they ignore or don't know that most of what D and D is, is a, an archetype. Yeah. Um, The things that, uh, D&D were built on are archetypes and we it's better for us to use archetypes and try not to hit things too um, too solidly on the nose I'm because, not I'm not inclined to use moral, moral relativism in my game right so we it's better for, for the game like uh, who was it who was it that kill raven mm-hmm. when he said tangible it's better that it's a tangible, uh, recognizable, indistinguishable uh, thing. But when we do stuff like, oh, witches can be good. Um, um, drow can be good. Mm-hmm. Orcs can having, be good. Orcs can be good. Mm-hmm. Um, when we step away from the archetypes uh, that these things represent, it's um, and everything's kind of fluid, then alignment starts really and good and evil, all that stuff kind of doesn't mean anything. If every creature on the face of, of your fantasy planet has the same capacity for good and evil, um, what's, why isn't everybody just getting along anyway? Max says, what is equal? What, what does Mrs. Mr. Bobbin, what does equal to good? We can, we can agree on the very big, big ones, murder, rape, theft. But is that all? I think, I think in the game, I don't want to go beyond that. I don't want to start parsing. And otherwise, we're going to get into my theology, which is fine. And then people are going to find that Randy thinks lots of things are evil. Biblically speaking, lots of things we do are evil. Right. I mean, I'm not well, saying we're evil. Lots of things we do are sin. 
That's what I'm saying. And therefore, and therefore, but I don't want to go down that road. That sounds too harsh. Um, this is, this is one that sometimes t-shirt, this kind of rubs me the wrong way. Not you in particular. Oh, you got something. Oh, sorry. 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 T-shirts because we got last week or a couple weeks ago. I'm sorry. I'm doing them awful fast. No evil person ever thinks of themselves as evil. Everyone is the hero of their own story, but also you are a villain in someone else's story. It's subjectivity. That's what I don't want to see in a game. And I don't actually believe that's. Yeah, I, I think we'd uh, be hard pressed for a paladin who's done the honorable thing and good thing his whole life to be considered evil. I mean, you might be mad at him because he did something. Oh, he cut my grandfather's head off. Yeah, but your grandfather was a freaking horse thief. I don't know what to tell you. I think. I think it, they don't care. Correct. Saying that they think they're good, I just no. They don't care. They do what they do because it's expedient for them at the time. Uh, they might look at uh, the world's conception of good and evil and say, "I don't. I'm not doing that." But it's not a "I'm a good guy" thing. Not some people may be, especially folks that um, become dictators, but do it to um at least outwardly their rhetoric is to bring peace or to unite everybody forcibly and the point of a gun or a sword or whatever yeah but your run-of-the-mill kind of a uh, douchebag just doesn't care you're muted i am muted once again kill raven um made a good little point here too he said uh, that can be true. Some guys are just evil and they love it. True. Some aren't. I mean, what, what, um, John Wayne Gacy? Yep. I think he knew full well what he was. He was he leveled it. I agree. I, I think he did and didn't care. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, yeah. Max is bringing up the what's illegitimate here is commonplace, except you can go down that road, but I mean, you can, it's commonplace to have slaves here, so it's okay. It doesn't make it good. Right. So, not in my mind. And not in my game is what I'm saying. In my game, slavery is going to be evil. I mean, you can have it. Indentured servitude, maybe not. But slavery, yeah, it's going to be an evil thing. Um, if I'm going to have, now if you want to have no alignment, and which I, I tend not to play a lot of alignment. I don't worry about, I don't like like the no alignment spell. What do you think about all the alignment spells and stuff like that? It's kind of weird, isn't it? Oh, here it comes. Goblin children. Yeah, Darth mentioned that too. If den of goblins. Yep. If in your world goblins are per se essentially evil, then their progeny is. The problem is, is we don't depict them out as that. So right. when we go into a, lo a layer full of goblins and those are their children, they look like little kids and they're all cooing and blah, 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 blah. me. You you got what's it called? Um, the parody uh, of Star Trek Galaxy Quest, right? Yeah. Those little baby-looking aliens. They were about yay big, maybe a little bit bigger. They looked like small children. They were cute until you got close to them, and then they they were piranha on two feet. That's goblin children or orc children. Uh, maybe, maybe a variation of that. Unless the goblin's essence isn't evil. If it's not that they are essentially evil, maybe you can rescue their children and they'll become something else. Uh, they have their own path to follow. It depends on your world. Yeah. Uh, if you're going strictly by 
um, old old school D and uh, definitions, goblins are evil. They're not anything else. So such so all the, those uh, monstrous humanoids. They're they're per se, essentially born evil. Oh, Kill Raven and I do. We're like on the same. We're in the same wavelength. I only ever had no alignment or tech evil or whatever. Work on this. Yeah, I hated the whole pal- work on supernaturally evil beings. I hated the paladin walks in the bar, detects evil on everybody. Oh, you're evil. I'm going to arrest you. That's weird. It's just weird. I'm eating lunch, dude. Why am I evil now? I mean, why are you able to detect that? I think you should be able to detect evil intent at the time. I'm not much for like just planner stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. Right, so what if you treat your slaves well? Yeah, Max brought that up. Sure, sure. What if you treat your slaves well? Is um, forcing them to live under your, your roof, and if they go away, they're, they they run away, and now they are subject to the death penalty? Is that treating people well? Well, I mean, the children of Israel, that had to go down the Bible route. When they defeated some people, it was slavery or death. Sure. And, uh I mean, they had rules for that, and there were some rules that were pretty harsh. But I mean, that's how life life was right. back then. That's a different sure. world. But it but it, it probably would depend on a lot of circumstances. So, if you were kidnapped from your family by the slaveholders mm-hmm. and held against your will, I don't care how well you're treated within your gilded cage, you've still been kidnapped. You still have been held against your will, so you're not being treated well. In a very fundamental way. Um, yeah, Max has a good question. Do you see those moral quandaries as interesting, ga- interesting gaming material, or that something you'd rather avoid in the game? I would like it if I was running a Planescape game. I think I think it it lends itself to moral quandaries and to weird questions of beliefs and stuff. In a general D and D game, probably not. Um, probably not. I mean, you can do what you want. I, I would lean away from that. Um, it, it, depends. it depends. It's yeah. a hook. It's a yeah. hook, not a trap. So, no. so princess is kidnapped. So there's a very low level quandary there, but it's a hook. Uh, you ignore it, and if you say you're a good guy, the DM's going to scratch his head. But um, for a, a pile of characters who are purporting to be rescuers and good people and uh, righting wrongs and blah blah blah, all that stuff. You set a kidnapped anybody in front of them, they're going to want to go get them. Right. So you can call that a moral quandary, or you can just say that's an adventure hook. Now, I would say never that's, is a strong word, but unlikely. Huh? I think never is a strong word for me to answer uh, Max's question um, about what's right and what's wrong. I, never is a strong word. I've done it, but it seems tough to do that too much. I don't want them always having to have a big debate about what's good and what's bad. Oh, <laughs> um, that can get tedious. Max says, um, Max Boivin says, I love having my players debate how they should act and discuss about what's right or wrong. That can get really tedious. If it's like a couple of, you know, we should do this because it's the right thing to do. And they were like, I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. Let's go do it. If it's about that fast, then yeah. Otherwise, it's kind of 
it'll well, get Max, Max hits it on the head. The problem with moral quandary games is people have different differing beliefs. Yeah, that's kind of what it's I was saying earlier. Too many arguments. Yeah, I think it can. Uh, with the right group, it could be fun. If you have a bunch of people at your table, like we have, like we always brag about, where mm -hmm. we we're not like we're not robots of each other, but we know how each other tick, and we get along well. Um, if there's um, if there's a question about whether we're going to do something as a group, as a player group, um, it usually doesn't. It, the discussion is usually very short. Yes. And um, moral quandaries. I mean, what's Randy going to? What kind of moral? Goblin babies is not a moral quandary. That <laughs> to me, that's um, there's a word I'm looking for. You have purposefully crafted something to trip up the players. Because unless you've like established something in your game um, that sows doubt into the idea of essentially evil monsters, mm -hmm. that's not a moral quandary. Yeah. And uh, so if you've established that goblins are essentially evil from birth, not a moral quandary, kill the babies. Okay. They're but monsters. You're playing, you're playing Pathfinder, you've got goblin characters in the group. Mm -hmm. It's a different story. Maybe so you, so it's still not a moral quandary because we know goblins can be good. So it's um, if if your players don't have any frame of reference to operate from, then what they do, you might be able to say if they told the story of what they did one way or the other in the tavern or whatever, and the people around them were shocked by what they did then perhaps you haven't conveyed your world to your players very well. This is interesting. Patrick made a comment a while back. I always liked evil having a tangible effect on the character, me too. Like Legend of the Five Rings, Taint score, or Warhammer Corruption, even Lord of the Rings, Shadow. Yeah, you could have a shadow score. It's a supernatural effect. I think that's, you know, like the, doing the dark side in, in Star Wars, it affects how you act from then on. Right. And you and, have a harder time yeah. acting like a good person. And remember, everybody's different at their table. So while we disagree maybe with how precisely we look at alignment amongst us here, uh, that doesn't mean I'm saying you're doing it wrong. That just means I prefer a certain type of game. And that's strong, though. That's that's a strong way to do it. Um, even T-Shirt agrees with it. I think that might be superior to alignment if you had a corruption effect as you did evil things and build up corruption points. Yeah. His T-shirt says actually it's still another way of doing alignment. Yeah, but it's, it's but just it's a different little, take. It's basically just evil that you keep track of. Do right. whatever you want, you know. But I would say also um, that if you're going to track evil having a tangible effect, you probably should track good having a tangible effect as well. Mm -hmm. So T-shirt says actually I really support a tangible metric for evil, and I think it's a superior idea to alignment per se. Corruption, taint, blight, shadow, whatever you want to call it. He has a part two, mm -hmm. so you make evil spells on accessible characters with a certain amount of corruption metrics. That is a superior way to to, uh, to concrete definitions of good and evil. Yeah, and I would I would have a similar um, effect with good. Perhaps um, things um, fortunate things happen around you. You're on, only someone who's so good has access to certain good spells. I, would do that. I think evil, I think good characters should be if you want to do a little temptation. Throw them an evil spell. Yeah. Yeah. See what they do. If you use it, you get corruption points, dude. Can't help right. you. Um, 
also it probably depends on the type of world you're running. If you're running a dark aspected campaign, then you don't reward good like that. You make good, you make it hard to be good. You're muted, Muto. Yes, sorry. So I, I can get why someone might just want to have the bad corrupt because their world is perhaps a bit gritty. Yeah. Okay. Um, here's one thing that's always bugged me. Alignment language. Oh, sorry. Is Legion going to say something? You don't reward doing, doing the, the right. right. You punish evil. Punish them. I agree. Well, um, that's kind of a reward, not getting punished. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's kind of not being killed. If you stay my slave, that's good. It's a reward. If you stay my slave, then you'll not get killed. <laughs> what a reward. <laughs> but... Alignment languages. What do you think of that? I got the little article on alignment languages. Yeah. Okay. They always so, the crap out of me. So I heard Taylor. I'm mentioning him again. So shout out to Taylor of Cleric's Wear Ringmail. Um, the way he uh, explained it is, is a convenient way for folks um, to communicate and not have to worry about knowing 50 million different languages. Yeah. Folks who are of a particular alignment or philosophical bent can communicate with each other. It may only be rudimentary, but you can. And it depends on, I think, when he was explaining it, the way he perceived it as two intelligent, good people can communicate. I agree with Max. But I still do. Now. I'm like, yeah. Whatever. They're dumb. But it's you could look at them as uh, part of the magic of your game of your world. If you now to be fair, here I'll give a nod. If you have a world where alignment really matters, like dude, we're gonna play, then your choice of neutrality, law, evil, law, chaos, good evil is gonna matter. And things are lawful good, chaotic evil. I'm not gonna do any of that lawful neutral with good tendencies crap. Right. You're gonna be this. Everything is that everything has an alignment. Even animals, they're neutral. If you if you want to do that and alignment's a real thing and you can detect alignment, and you can know alignment, and you want to do that, then why not? Yeah. If you, if you give alignment a kind of a magical quality, mm -hmm. then you, you can uh, have that communication. But I, it wouldn't be like, it wouldn't be super sophisticated. No. no. It would be, don't kill me. I'm what? one of you. I'm one of you. You have some food? What's the, what's the way out of here? That kind of oh, stuff. Is that true, Mr. Max? Well, then, Gygax knew alignment languages were dumb. He kind of walked them back in the in the one E DMG, or was that two? It had to have been one E because he didn't write the two E one. Had to be. And I agree with I agree with Patrick too. The Black Speech of Mordor is the only version of an alignment language that didn't feel stupid. Yeah. It was. It's a magical and yeah. infernal language. Yeah. <laughs> well, T-shirt says that that's probably what they Gygax got it from. The instead of just leaving it for that. They had to make all of them have that quality. What are you speaking? Chaotic neutral. That sounds yeah. weird. That's supposed to sound weird. Yeah, yeah. Chaotic, dude. It's giving me a headache. Shut up. <laughs> so in general, I'd say poop on alignment languages. I, I don't. I, I don't know if I've used them since the early, early days when we played. Like the now, if you did something like Black Speech of Mordor in your game and gave a 
give a gave, gave something like that to like e- evil, you know, one specific thing, a Mordor type speech, then fine. And maybe um, you could have a musical. Um, um, peace-inducing good side, a good type of um, powerful language, but they would be not. They wouldn't be every good person does that. They wouldn't have the capacity. But yeah. Hmm. Of course, you have to bring up thieves' camp, teacher historian. <laughs> thieves' camp. Um. Thieves can't. That's just uh. That's just their underhanded way of saying, yeah, I'm a thief. Yeah, I'm a thief, too. Let's go do thief things. Trial fine language. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I heard someone saying, it, saying, um, I don't know what podcast I was listening to, but some folks in law enforcement that were gamers or had gamers who had law enforcement friends uh, said that crim- the criminal element definitely has coded language. Sure. So it's not like they're using a, a, a language where you can't understand their words. They're just using them in a in a way almost like um, there was a Benny Gesserit thing in, in Dune where they had coded language as well, where they could speak out plain and have a regular sounding conversation, but they had a subtext that if you knew how to interpret it, you could communicate, and the Benny Gesserit did that. But they also did that with... Um, they combine that with gestures and um, they could control their bodies to such a fine way that they could detect all these things so that they could communicate on a very high level by just talking about the weather. But, um, yeah. but law enforcement folks say that they definitely have a way of conveying, uh, communicating in a coded way. So that makes sense. Bruce Lombardo of Dick's Division says, why aren't you talking about the best alignment system ever? We, we haven't got to that yet. The stunning and brave Palladium system. <laughs> they are it the is, bestest. It is the bestest ever. The bestest ever. I kind of like it. Oh. I think it's, um, I, I think the way they convey it is a much better way. If you're going to use alignment, mm-hmm. uh, any, any granular way, I think the Palladium alignment system is better. Especially because, uh, especially because that's great English. Um, it's it's point based in that that's a, they say what the name of the alignment is. They give a brief description and then bullet points underneath it, saying you can you do this, you do this, you do this, you do this. And many they don't all, but all of most of the alignment entries have a pop culture reference to give you a frame of reference to and say, this is an example of that. Uh, and I think it's a much uh, more, uh, a much better um, constructed system. Yeah, I just, you know what, I think though, not, I don't know, because I'm trying to, cause, you know, the last question, you saw the notes, Joe, I want us to, <laughs> can we come to a conclusion on alignment? Um, well, we can well, come to a conclusion on what we like. Right. So I what like do you mean? It's almost isn't. I need to look that up. I have that in there. I have it in the notes, right? Palladium. Yeah. Did I do it? Yeah, I did. Yeah. And so, uh, as I look at it, I, I, I'm not gonna. Gosh, it's pretty. 
they give you a lot for each alignment. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. And it's so, like a paladin's code. Yeah. And so each alignment has a code that's spelled out, and that's fine. That's fine. Um, yeah, I could live with that. I mean, you don't have to memorize it. Right. But once you read it a couple of times, you're like, you can get the idea. And if you have any questions, you can always have a little card out in front of you saying, is this, what is this? Yeah, I, uh, questionable maybe. Oh, no, this is good. You know, so there's, it, it's, it might be a little bit too rigid. Um, but I don't, I don't really think, I don't see this as rigid. No. I see this as probably a little less rigid than, than the nine alignment system from D&D. Yeah. If I was going to play a strong alignment game where it was a big significant part, I might lean toward a, a modified Palladium view. Um, but in general, if we could kind of wrap this idea up, if we were to say, well, what do we like best? Um, what do we like best about alignment? Like if we can, not just like best, but part of me, my, I've always wanted to toss it out, but I do think it has value. I like the idea now that we've talked about it. I like good characters. I want the good characters to be heroic. I want them to be generally altruistic, and I want them to care about people, and I want them to be money hungry. I want neutral people to be a little more mercenary, not evil, but kind of want to get paid for their for their work. And then I want the evil people. I like the idea of a tank that was brought up with a Patrick and T-shirt and some others. I think there should be a shadow, a, a building, you know, a, a dark force points that where eventually your character gets given over to the dark side. That would be cool. You'd need an alignment system to, to really do that justice, though. You think so? And even, yeah, you just need three points. Three side points. Of good, yeah. Side of evil and unaligned. You just, you just need those. Yes. And they would be pretty broad. Um, most people would fall neutral, I would think. Yes, I think most would. Um at least you wouldn't know one way or another until you interacted with them. I would like um, good and evil to be committed. Yeah, you're committed. And unaligned or neutral would be like, yeah, because here's the deal. Good is mostly an advantage to the neutral people. Yeah. The people that are good and the only people that it hurts are evil people. It doesn't really yeah. hurt neutral people to be okay with good. But, um, yeah. Um, it's not a problem, though, to just keep it the way it is. We all seem to, as far as our group goes, we can play we can play with or without alignment. No one really seems to care that much. Um, so, yeah. Mm. Anyway, anything else you want to say on alignment, Joe? I'm kind of I'm tapped out, baby. Yeah, I would say um, I agree with a lot of people's sentiments on here as far yeah. as taking alignment out of the game like a lot of us want to do is not great for the game. Right. Because what I think the tendency to do that comes from the tendency to want to make your game more realistic, more like the real world. How about we don't do that? It's right. a fantasy world. Play with archetypes. Archetypes are definitely aids to play. They are, they are definitely not hindrances. Um, putting things in boxes helps play, I think, rather than I think other way around. think curveball is fine. Yeah. So, but that makes that curveball meaningful. Yes. So if this is, if every instance of orc in existence has always been a ravening, a ravening, evil savage, mm -hmm. 
a barbarian. Any other words that are problematic with regard to orcs? Um, problematic. So, until you meet this one orc that doesn't act like the rest of them. That makes that orc, that one orc, very special. And uh, so that would be the subject. They wouldn't be a PC. That would be an NPC, most likely, that you would have to protect or or it would something about the 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 um um the your adventure would revolve around the fact that there's this orc that's actually good that who knew yeah and then the players would be like that's really weird i know once in my add campaign i had players befriended a lizard man though they're neutral and he became actually a retainer of one of the characters so <laughs> Aaron Wilkerson, I think evil people tend to disguise themselves well. Look at, yeah, the good, the ones that survive a long time should disguise themselves themselves well. Shadow. So yeah, um, <clears throat> politicians. Mm, don't get me started. <laughs> All right. So we're gonna dedicate this. Uh, so we move on. Hey, you want to tell them to do the cool things? The cool things. The put cool your, things. Put your sweet little banner up too. That's oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. This one. Look at that. They're gonna get some money. They're gonna sign up. We can retire. Every time we do this, we got we get boatloads of money. Boatloads, just billions and billions of in our imagination. Fungible tokens. Fungible tokens. <laughs> I hate that word. I literally hate the word fungible. <laughs> it's, uh, it's it's uh very descriptive though. So yeah, um what the audio folks cannot see is a ticker going across the bottom of the screen. Right, sweet ticker. To, uh, saying, uh, suggesting <laughs> ways that you can donate to Subliminally. us. Yeah, so PayPal, uh, Streamlabs, and Anchor all have ways for for you to hand us your bills. Well, not your bills. The thing <laughs> you pay your bills with, but you want to pay us instead of your bills. Hand Joe your bills. Pay us instead yeah. of your bills. <laughs> You don't need cable. No one needs cable. Uh, for you on audio, there will be links in the description and show notes. Yes. Uh, I did not get a chance to put these links up in the description for those who are watching. In case you wanted to use them, um, I can put, put them up um, Yeah. while we're talking here. Otherwise, they will, they will come up after after um, we are done. I do have... I do have... Um, I have this also to say. say subscribe. Do it. If you're not already subscribed, if you're listening or watching, subscribe to this YouTube. Yes. Um, like us, share us on your podcatchers, <laughs> and uh, give us some ratings. Spread the word. Tell people you like us if you do. Um, there's also, do I have? Yes. Wrong thing. <laughs> We're I not done. I just, had the, uh, I just thought I thought I had just the uh, the graphic, but no, I have it on video form. Anyway, at the end there will be um, there will be the music, the outro music, which is the same as the intro music, and there will be a little graphic that shows all of our links, so except the Emporium. Right, t-shirted is still out there. He asked us how it goes. And we talked about, I guess we answered his question about coming on the show, so I don't think we need to do anything else with that. We're in trouble. Max is going to demand royalties every time he sees us subscribe now. He gave me verbal permission, so... 
verbal. Copyright claim. A gentleman's agreement. <laughs> Joey, no gentleman. I, I have been thinking about making our own. I just haven't done oh, it yet. Right. I need. I'm getting dry. Can you tell? Yeah, you're dry, man. Hey, did you want to talk about the contest before we? Uh, yes, let's talk about the contest, and I'll talk a little bit more about. And we're going to be transitioning into a call in here in a minute, but we got a contest of champions. To- All right, so I dropped the ball. Um, I was supposed to post something about how folks can enter our contest, but I did not, and that is my fault. So, um, in the interest of simplicity, so I don't have to do a bunch of extra stuff because I am um, doing things for the Emporium. Um, we're going to do the old method of giving me your email. And you can do that by going to biggestgeekestpodcast.com slash contest, I believe, is the link. If it is not, um, um, whichever it is, it'll be in the show notes. It's either uh, contest or entry, one of the two. So you will be able to give us your email. I will have you in a big list next week. We will... Look who's in that list. Count how many people are there and roll a dice. Uh, Question, is- Joe. Interrupt us. Is this something Mar Hawkman asked? Is Joe oh. reading Twitch chat? Do we have it? Or Twitch? Do we have a Twitch stream going on at the same time? They do the, the they both should be coming in here? Okay, Mar Hawkman. Here you go. Politicians are definitely. Long. I saw that, and I just kind of glossed over it. Sorry about that, Mar Hawkman. I will try to do better next time. Yes, I am now. Two different streams at the same time. How are we going to do this? Um, very poorly, apparently. <laughs> oh, sorry, Mark. <laughs> we suck at this. I'm counting by all that crap. I'm owed. Uh, we need. We're going to start needing. We had 23. I saw the number jump up to 23 here. Yeah. Uh, oh, hey, look at that. Twitch. There's two and uh, um and 19 over on YouTube. Anyway, um. So uh, give your email to me. I promise I'm, I'm, I have no time to make a newsletter, so I won't be bothering you that way yet. Um, but um, we'll look at that list of email addresses, roll a die randomly, and uh, pick somebody. We'll do that show next. the stuff again? Let me show the stuff that's up Go ahead and show the stuff on the screen. Hold on. Let me make your face big. Big face me. Um, now that's you. Big head. Waterhead. Waterhead. Rackham Vale Fantasy Adventure from the Art of Arthur Rackham. Very nice. Really more of an old school adventure. Uh, it's a it's a tale of, based on fairy. Uh, it's it's really brand new, dudes. I bought it and just wasn't for me. But it's pretty. It is pretty cool. A little on the dark side, but it's kind of a fay or fairy based adventure. Generally set up, up for old school essentials. So basic expert, kind of an old school thing. Now you get to pick one of these if you win. Then we have uh, Traps and Treachery by Legends of Lairs, an old 3.x, I think 3E game. More than 60 complete magical and mechanical traps. Definitely big print press, old people, easy to read. If I can get that up there, my face, not so good. But that's the second option. You get to pick that. And then this thing that nobody wants, Fang Shui 2. Action movie role playing by Robin Laws. I bought it and said, "Dude, that is not for me." 
So anyway, that will be what you get to choose from. And a little bonus, which shall not be named, mainly because I have yet to figure out what it is. But I have some groovy stuff that I will give away. Some little thing I'll stick in there when I send it to you. Stick it to you. Yeah. That's what she said. That's what she said. I did. That little thing. Same. Tweet. All right. So that's the contest. Contest. Uh, Sign up. A slight update or just clarification or whatever with the Emporium um, uh, being uh, I'm the only one working on it it will um, one uh, slight delay let's see here YouTube random comment picker this is what yeah uh, Max Lau sent us a, uh, a link to a um uh, I don't know if this is a bot. Is this a bot that you can use? It's a it's a it's a, a thing you can use to um, randomly pick a comment out of a, um, a YouTube comment list. So we could say, "Hey, go over to." And this is what they've done in the past: go over to a particular episode, comment, and then this will then we sick this uh, bot on that particular thing and it will pick a random comment out of the bunch unless it's is it for live is this a live thing i'm, I'm remembering that you guys did it live but i could be i could be remembering that wrong anyway we might do that uh in the future if, um, if we decide to do that we will do that next um, the next uh, live stream, and we will announce it so plenty of people can be here. Yes. All right, and that that also alleviates any alleviates any of my concern that we'll give it to somebody who's not listening or not paying attention or right. um, may maybe uh, the name. You know, we don't we don't know everybody that's um, list that's listening. We don't know everybody right. that's watching, and. Um, we pick a name someone's put in an email box it might be it might be just um who knows who knows it might right. not be someone's listening anymore because right they may have right. gave up because we got some old old emails so old email so this will at least be current and folks that are actively supporting us by chatting so there um we use it live but for comments on past videos Oh, Martinson asked, okay. do you need to re-enter if you've entered before? No, no, no. If we go the email route, you will not need to re-enter. We already have those names. And uh, I haven't used it for nefarious purposes as far as you know. Right. Uh, so, where Joe says that we don't know everyone, we actually do. We know everything about you. But we're just oh, not yes. saying that. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, um, the Emporium. Yeah. Being the only one that's working on it, um, I'm working in spirit. In spirit, um, <laughs> um, as far as the website or code or anything like that, I can do all that stuff, but it takes time since it's not my day to day. And um, Max Bovine, you're Canadian. I'm sorry. I think I can still send stuff to 
Kinetistan? Yes, yes, yes. So you can win, Max. As long as it's not a handgun, then you'll then they'll come and uh, they'll um, arrest you from your house and uh, burn it down and right. try to make everybody forget you ever existed. Right. Um. So, um, things are going a little slow. Um. Although I had a an interesting meeting today. Was that today or yesterday? Yesterday, mm-hmm. with a um, a tax man on my route. And he's a sole proprietor of a business, and we we're talking about working for yourself and mm-hmm. uh, some business concerns. And he was giving me some good advice. So, cool. um, things are going as fast as I can can manage. I'm going to try and post up some. Yeah, see, Randy Hoot, um, <laughs> Darth. So, so that was some time travel, right there. That was. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I'm go- I hope to post up some um, screenshots sometime soon of how some things will look on the site potentially when it goes live. That way you have something to look at and say, oh, yeah, I like this or, yeah, I don't like this. I'm going to also put up a contact form on the um, coming soon page so people can um, do what they need to do to get in touch with me, uh, tell me I'm high. I know I'm, I'm getting a little bit of uh, black pilling from a couple of individuals out there on the interwebs. Why? Oh, apparently, apparently, I don't know. But they're like, no, it's nothing really bad. It's more like um, concern trolling. They're like, oh, I don't know. You have to make sure you have a good business plan. Uh, is it viable? Are you doing all the right things? No, I don't know. We're doing all the wrong things. I love How, it. this. I've I've never owned or run my own business before, so I have no idea. So, um, I'm doing. I'm just doing the the things that look like they need to get do, done that are in front of my face, and yeah. that's making the website. I've also contacted a few folks to go out to um, different uh, uh, live streams or or. Uh, YouTube videos, whatever it'll end up being, so that we can get the word out to more broad, more broad, um, broad, broad base of people. Because right now, I think I'm just dinging the same people all the time. Like, hey, you, uh, give me some support. And they're like, I already did. And then next day, hey, look <laughs> at our stuff. Give me some support. I already I did. did. Shut up. Shut up. Yeah. So I'm going. Yes, yes, Legion. I'm going to be there Friday. So oh, I wish I could be there, man. So, um, D&D. just need to, um, I think I just need to get out there in front of people's faces that aren't or in, and uh, Twitter as well. Twitter is where I announce everything at and right. it goes, flows around other different, other social media platforms as well, but it's the same people all the time. So I need to get in front of different people or the people that I'm, I'm, um, um, the people that I'm, um, getting in the face of every day. They're not, it's not going any farther past them. And if they could maybe change that a little bit and tell their friends, maybe it would be different. But it often, it often stops at, it's only so deep. So um, on Twitter, I have a, we have for Biggest Geekest, we have a little over 400 people following us. I don't know how many of those are bots. We got seven today, seven new followers today. Oh, okay. How many of them are real? Who knows? But, um, We'll see how this all works out. So hopefully in the next few days, I'll be able to have some screenshots up there, a contact form, 
maybe some design goals for people to talk about and suggest and poo-poo on because that's what people do on the internet. So there you go. <laughs> Thurston House got your back, dude. Shows as reliable as the U.S. Post. He'll make it happen, probably. <laughs> you can do it, baby. I, I can do it, most likely. Yeah, it'll work. Probably. Hopefully. All right. Perhaps. Yep. No, um, it's going to happen. It's only it's a uh, if I can get funded, it'll be faster. If not, it'll be slower. Yep. It's a matter of time. That's all. Okay, call-ins and emails from past weeks. Do we have emails or just call? We, we have call-ins. All right. Um, we do have one email. Oh. oh, it looks like we might have one more. Okay. Ooh, ooh, ooh. We cool. just got a new subscriber. All right. All right. New subscriber to the Listener Drive Contest. So I suppose the link I shouted out was the correct one. Yay me. So um, JG, I will say, I never know if it's appropriate to say these people's names out loud here on the live stream because I don't, I don't know what's appropriate. So I'll just say we got an email from a listener. Start with JG. <laughs> well, initials JG. Yeah. Um, quick question for you regarding Big Geek Emporium. What is the general thrust of the site intended to be? It looks like an online publishing platform alternative to drive through RPG and Lulu. Is that accurate? Yes, that's accurate. That is accurate. Thanks in advance for the clarification and if replying to this email, I, I believe I replied directly as okay. well. As, cool. Yeah. Um, too cumbersome for you because your inbox is filling up. Uh, no problem. Um, yeah. So um, he's just thanking in advance for clarification. Yes, this cool. is. Um, okay. So as far as being a competitor to drive through, that is an ambition. Right. It will be an alternative until such a time as we have enough um, adoption to be considered uh, a, a competitor. Right. So. That, I don't believe that's going to happen really anytime soon, uh, an actual competitor. It's going to be very difficult because uh, I don't even have the print-on-demand thing under um, wraps right. yet, yeah. mainly because I took a week trying to figure out who to contact about having the proper account, and um, it was a whole week wasted because you don't need one. There's an, uh, an API that you just use in the back end of your website to contact their servers and things happen automatically. So if I would have paid more attention to the documentation I was looking at, I would have realized that it happens because I am owed. Mm -hmm. What and about the second email? Um, the, the second email was the a new listener. Ah, okay. Contest entry. Excellent. All right. So let me pull up the voicemail boom episode messages where's that tab there and boom. mouse disappears share share click 
click. Too many clicks. Multi -click. All right. Multi-click. Uh, let's go down here to here. Okay, our first two are from someone named Timothy Stone. Cool. Uh, if you are in here tonight, or, um, you know, raise your hand, because we'll see that. Uh, otherwise, here we go. I'm not hearing. I'm not hearing anything, Joe. Okay. Hold on. Yeah. I forgot step because oh. there's too many freaking steps. You too many steps for Joe. Down. Joe hates multi-step. Too many steps. You need down to make with steps. less steps. Timothy was probably talking really cool, too. I sound really interesting. I was probably would have been just utterly riveted. Let's try this again. Another good Tim. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Moving stuff. Come on, dude. Biggest geek is Tim the Caffeinated Law Dog calling you, listening to the Caffeinated Law Dog. Grognard, I think he said. Biggest geek is Tim the Caffeinated Law Dog calling okay. you, listening to stereotypes, inclusion, and representation in D and D episode. Love the discussion of White Plume Mountain. I just finished a five-year campaign that started the Temple of Elemental Evil. Characters went to White Plume Mountain, recovered Black Razor, Wave, and Whelm. Dwarf would never use Whelm because he was terrified of it. Elven Ranger got converted to Pro-Can pro uh, by Wave. Black Razor was given away, just terrified of using it. Uh, took the characters uh, to Decora in the Empire Bayous, all the way down to the Rift Canyon. Uh, spent a year under the Rift Canyon for the conclusion of the uh, of the campaign. Saved the world, changed the world. New campaign a thousand years later. Relatives of the characters should be awesome. We'll call you back, dude. Cool campaign. So Bruce um, calls him out the ca the caffeinated grognard. Yeah, uh, is that a another YouTube channel that we don't know about, um, or a podcaster we don't know about? Don't yeah. know. I don't if know. If you're listening, Timothy, let us know if you are out, out there. Man. Check yeah. your stuff out. That sounds great. Procan. That's a god in uh, Greyhawk world. Yes. Converted him to Procan. Okay. I believe Procan is a god of the sea. That makes sense. Then I could be incorrect though. Biggest geek is Tim the Caffeinated Grognard calling you back. I was just thinking about that White Plume Mountain segment of my campaign. Uh, it was so awesome. Characters encountered the Gynosphinx, answered the riddle. I think I customized it. Gynosphinx transported them back in time to, to the Battle of Emreedy Fields, where Caraptus, the ancient wizard of the of White Plume Mountain, actually turned out to be an ancient red dragon. Fear tests, fire, flames, near-death experiences. Oh, it was such a great part of the campaign. Uh, they, uh, yeah, then they ended up uh, in the north in the Empire Bayous. So much goodness. Hey, pro tip, uh, maybe get a Google Voice number. Take a uh, take a tip from Eric Tenkar. Uh, and, hey, I'm driving. I won't have to record messages for one minute. And watch out for deer at the same time. Bye. <laughs> Sweet. Is that what? Yeah. So I know Eric Tinkar does that. Is that still a thing? 
Google. Apparently, Google Voice. I've seen other people do it. Let me um, let me look that caffeine. I could not find it initially. Rognard. Yeah. Well, I'm you know what? Okay. So I put in Google caffeinated grognard. The top result was black rifle coffee. <laughs> yeah, I don't see the I don't see it. Maybe he doesn't have a channel. So if not, he should because he seems pretty pumped and his campaign sounds like fun. A lot of old school goodness. Yeah, Tim, that's cool. Greyhound grognard. Anyway. I like the take on Caraptus. I like maybe, him as a red dragon. Maybe, that's awesome. Yeah, I think maybe we're taking it too, uh, um, taking it too uh, literally. Maybe he's right. just a grognard and he happens right. to be caffeinated. Could just be Captain. Sounds like he's got a good group of guys having fun. Tim, thanks yeah. for calling in. Keep keep keep, keep doing those yeah. old modules. They're good, dude. They're good, and they're so. Um, oh, hey, Kill Raven, have a good one. Peace out, bro. Um, they spawn such crazy stories. Uh, I think they're much more interesting than you get out of uh, today's modules, in my opinion. But that they might have just so much room. They don't biased. like in an adventure path, like a Paizo module. Everything's so detailed. Um, yeah, I think there's something beautiful about those old modules. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, next up is. Uh, clerics wear ring mail. Taylor. Talking about fighting nostalgia, having a family who supports that fight is absolutely essential. I'm so very fortunate that my wife and children, they help me out by spending all of the spare money that we have. And so I don't have enough to afford any of the nostalgia bait. So my nostalgia spending, zero dollars. Yep, hit the nail on the head. Jealous. Well done, yeah. Taylor. Some of these are coming from a few weeks ago. It took us some. Uh, actually, mo all of these, or at least most of them, were from before you took off on me. Oh yeah, yeah. Before I bailed on you. you can't bailer. believe you found me. I can't believe you found me. But yeah, You're Taylor, you love Baylor. Three childrens and a wife. Take that money. All of it. Yeah. Next up is John Allen Large from the. Red Dice Diaries. Cool. Hey there, guys. It's John here from the Red Dice Diaries. Well, it seemed like no sooner had I sent you a message saying, oh, I'm getting back to podcasting. I'm dropping some anchor messages and stuff like that. Then I got a new job, which means I'm in the office a little bit more. And when I'm working from home, I'm in more meetings and calls and stuff like that, which is excuses 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 that's all we hear i get it though I, i'm a lot more busy now too he's really putting a severe crimp on my ability to listen to podcast episodes and one i'm not during my working day like in my spare time i'm normally trying to desperately record my own podcast episodes so i don't get much chance to listen and in fact i'm only just catching up on your episode from may about game spaces but uh, yeah, I would still love to appear on your show sometime. So hit me up in Discord or something like that, and we'll see if we can sort that out and make that happen. That would be great. We need yeah. to do that. 
We do. We, we've got to get John on. He'd be fun. One way or the other, either we appear over on his uh, yes. channel or whatever. However we can do that. However we make it happen, man. Yeah. Let's do make it. Make it so. Make it so, number one. And I've also got a couple of LARP events coming up for a couple of weekends in August. So, obviously, I'm going to be off on the Friday then and sort of finishing work on the Thursday. So I'm hoping, you know, for you guys to sort of broadcasting then, I might be able to slide into the live broadcast, maybe get myself like an energy drink or a strong cup of coffee or something to keep myself awake. But hoping I can make a couple of your live broadcasts in August. Anyway, keep up the good work, guys. I'm going to try and get through your next few episodes now and probably drop you some anchor messages as well. Keep it up, guys. Great work. Catch you soon. We look forward to you sliding it in. Yep. That was for Bruce. <laughs> Those that are listening don't know what I did, and I'm not telling. <laughs> uh. Hey, guys. John here listening to your Cultivating a Gaming Group episode. And, yeah, I've got to say, in the groups I'm in, we normally spend a bit of time before the actual session starts, you know, so maybe half an hour to an hour or whatever, bitching about the day's affairs and like what a crap day we've had at work and stuff like that. But as you say, once the actual game, I mean, to be honest, we'll probably go on for a little bit too long sometimes, but once the actual game starts, then we're in the game. So we generally try and sort of allocate or take into account that, you know, there's going to be about half an hour of like people catching up with each other and like chatting because certainly the groups I'm in, we don't really see a lot of each other outside of gaming. So you need know, just like to catch up and like chew the fat and shoot the breeze and whatever other phrases I can't think of at the moment. But once you're in the game, you're in it. Couldn't agree more. Anyway, I'm going to go back to the episode, guys. I'm catching a bit. Yeah, dude. So don't you wish... <sighs> I think I'm guilty of it, but I wish we got. Do you think we should get into? We don't get into the game fast enough when we get together, do we, Joe? It's so hard. When it we, is, the game, dude. we have a good, great group of folks, and we could get a game at almost any time. Yes. But it's hard to get a game when you have a lot going on in your own life. So, uh, when sometimes it seems infrequent, and we want to catch up. No, my yeah, that's what I'm saying. It seems infrequent with a certain number of people, and you're like jabber, jabber, jabber. I wish we could keep it to 30 minutes. Now, we did better when, when our campaigns were rolling because we were meeting yes. every week. Every two weeks, that was a little easier. So Yes. Every week would be better. I think two weeks is too much time. Too much crap happens in two weeks. Yeah, yeah. Hey there, guys. It's Johnny from the Red Dust Stories. Just listening to your Cultivating a Game Group episode. Just finishing it off. And with regards to the question you were asking at the end of it, you know, do you ever see yourself stopping playing role-playing games? I would say no, to be honest. I mean, if I'm lucky enough to make it to retirement, you'll have to be about a gazillion years old by the time uh, I get there. Then I think I'll finally actually, maybe, if I've got all my marbles, have the time to do all the gaming I would actually like to do. At least that's what I tell myself. Gives me something to look forward to. Anyway, take it easy, guys. I'll catch you soon. It is a good thing to tell yourself. Yes. As long as yes. I'm not feeble, baby, we rolling dice. Yes, and thank you so much, John. Moving on to someone we haven't heard from in a while. Oh. Hey, Joe, Jason here. I agree that it would be great to have a, comp a solid competitor to drive through. There are a number of other alternatives out there, but none that offer the scope 
and and the services to drive through or one bookshelf we should say because you know it's a number of different services right so so nobody is really on par with them and it would be nice to have a, a solid competitor i agree with you on the free speech aspect i'd like to see a service that although i mean potentially have could, could have some fuffles but i would like to see something more opened up as long as it's not advertising you know criminal activity i, I don't see a reason not to put the stuff up but again like you say it's not a first amendment it's you know whatever their company policy is they have to find somebody willing to run a company like that dude was that jason from nerds that was jason from nerds variety uh, rpg podcast podcast yes podcast. dude he was he's legendary he's he's back with us in the early days when we first started yes He's, yes, he's, he's a man. Does he have more than one. He has three. Ooh, uh, the, yeah. the last one's very short. So right. if you if you li- next time you listen, Jason, if you're hearing this one, yes, we love. And it. you want you want um, <laughs> me to come on, or me and Randy to come on and um, talk more about uh, the Big Geek Emporium, we will gladly do so. Cool. Still, there's no doubt that you know I discussions with with some game designers and there is a chilling effect by their activities one bookshelf's activities and you, you know republicizing this because people are worried about what content they put in their games now and i think it's going to stifle creativity and i think that's a bad thing so that's definitely a trickle down effect to this is creators going to be they're going to play things safe and they're more worried about what they put in their games the other thing you didn't mention that's in their their product stuff that's bothersome to me is that you can't have a product on their website that's also offered on different website with different content so if you have something that's offensive to them you can't leave that out of the drive-through version of the pdf and publish the a full version pdf somewhere else that violates their their content is what or violates their their agreement as well which is kind of shitty yeah uh he has one 10 second one left so hold hold on Anyhow, I, I think it was a good, concise episode. Thank you. And keep doing what you do. Sweet. Sweet, yeah. So um, they have various um, nefarious pro- um, business practices over there, the least of which is that they hate money. So they hate money in that they're not content with being a, a neutral platform and saying, yeah, publish your stuff here. We'll take your money. We'll help you get some money and um, we'll stay out of it. They're not content with doing that. They got to put their nose into other people's, uh, they got to put their nose into it and say, you have to conform. And, you know, people don't like that. No, it's not a conformist. Well, here's the other thing, you know, I've heard people say, well, people can just put up their own website and sell their own stuff. And there are a few people that do that. But not everybody uh, has the time or talent or, well, it's not talent, but it's time or or temperament or willingness. It's very easy just to put your stuff up on a place like drive through and have them manage everything else. All you have to do is create and post, create and post. It's very simple. Um, the business end, it makes the business end simple. Um, the creation end isn't, isn't the simple, isn't very simple, but... Um, 
that's probably why a lot of people don't want to deal with the business ed. On a side they, note, Bruce they, asked us to. I'm, I'm trying to post the link to the uh, anchor site where they can chat to us. He asked about that mm -hmm. and talk, but I can't get it to. I'm trying to post, but I can't get it to show up. So, can you do that, or I can me to post it in the private chat or something? Can you share it? I can do that. Anchor.fm. Yep. Um, forward slash biggest geekus. Yeah, I tried to put it on there, but just could not do it. Okay, there you go. That's where you can call in and hear the dulcet tones of Bruce Lombardo from. You know. I, I'm, I have to do something about this. I, I sent the message here, and I mm -hmm. saw that my noggin froze. What? Just from sending a freaking comment. In. Tell them no. Well, Unacceptable. Well, okay. The computer I'm using is a one gigahertz computer. Okay. It's about seven years old. Oh. Your, your average your average computer right now you can buy for like five or six hundred dollars has is a four gigahertz. You gotta get you upgraded, bro. Uh, gotta get it upgraded because I'm tired of that. And yeah. Anyway. Before we book out of here, I have one more thing. I don't know if anybody wants. Oh, sorry. You guys I want to say thank you to all of the callers. Yeah. And sorry it took us so long to get the yeah. backlog flushed out, but we finally did. And um I don't know, maybe we should start doing it like that anyway. Maybe we should. And it was Tuesdays. Yeah, and it was good to hear from Tim Stone, a new guy, and Jason from Nerds RPG. You went and heard him for a while. So it was good to hear from those guys. And, of course, John and Taylor holding up there into the bargain. Not that we have one, but they're being good uh, good roadies here in this whole deal. Right. Um, yeah, thanks a lot. It's awesome. Um, yes. But, I'm also going to say that if, if I seem to not listen to your podcast or watch your live stream or YouTube videos, it is only because – I'm a busy dude, and I will try to do better. I will do better. I will I do the work. Questions. I listen, but I don't always comment. I need to comment more. I'm going to turn that. I used to be pretty big at that. So, admin Randy? No. <laughs> Joe I, should, I will Joe never. I, it's not that I hate giving up control. It's just that I'm not going to give that particular control to this dude. <laughs> What am I doing? <laughs> oh, what did that happen? That's weird. Oh, Joe, I can't believe you think that. The website's okay. gone. The website, whole website's gone. What? What, ha what, what happened? happened? I, did, I did not touch it. <laughs> oh, dude. Your boy, Shadowversity, did you, hear, did you see his YouTube this week? Uh, the uh, Where he's getting he's getting cornholed by yeah, YouTube? What, what is the deal with that? I didn't, I didn't get a chance to watch it. That's another thing. I saw that. I was like, hmm, maybe I should watch that. And then I'm like, yeah, oh, I got to work on stuff. Yeah, we should watch that. And then there's something that the pundit posted about a comment. Apparently, he didn't. A lot of folks, after he posted, I need to finish watching it, but it was about the Radiant Citadel release, the new Watsy book for 5e. Something about them telling you that it's, it's okay to play NPCs of different uh, colors and different uh, backgrounds and stuff. And it's like, why are you telling me it's okay? Like, but, but, but I don't know how much that is. But true. it also says, but you really should do it right. <laughs> you know. So in, in so many words, it's um, he posted a picture of the uh, of it on on Twitter, 
and it's it's just we give you permission to do these things as long as you do it correctly okay i'm just gonna say it i hope this next edition of dnd that 2024 comes out is the worst worst received i hope it's 10 times worse than fourth edition i hope it's an utter failure and i hope it's so bad that nobody even plays it hardly at all it won't be that way but i'd love to see it to be an ultimate failure where hasbro's like holy crap what happened? Nothing no. could make me happier than to see D&D utterly fail. They're giving it so much mass appeal that it's no longer the thing that it was. And there no. will be more people playing it. I don't know. I how, but, you know well, um, the, I know that the DM, uh, what's his name? The one, the one you find annoying. that I was Professor to. DM? Professor DM, yeah, he can be that way. But he made a comment. He goes, apparently they're, they're talking about getting rid of the short and long rest. Hmm. Which we, Imagine that. We, <laughs> yeah. It doesn't really, it makes the characters almost undefeatable. Duh. Imagine that. Yeah, crazy. Should go back to old, the old way of just saying per day and yeah. then letting the DM do what he does for per day. Right. And, he, and, and if you have a DM like Randy, he'll say, you know, you didn't rest that well last night, so you don't get your spells back. <laughs> Guilty. Mm-hmm. I have done that to Joe. There was a storm and you tossed and turned all night. You had indigestion from the beans you ate from. The tavern. You, you just you just didn't get good rest. Sorry about your luck. Okay, Malachi says, I think this is in reference to Watsy. Help me out, Malachi. Uh, that part of the new book is under public and online games. I don't know if they're hiding it or not. Oh, okay. So it's not in the actual book because some folks in the comments were kind of telling Pundit, hey, let me see some sources. Well, he posted a picture. I don't know where oh, the picture oh, came from. Okay. And Bruce says, I would love to see a third party. I'm with you. Revolution, have people go to smaller games, older editions, just embrace so many different games and make the crowd just enjoy a game, a game thing. So what do you guys, uh, with all this said, yeah. some suggestions about the uh, Big Geek Emporium were that it have a crowdfunding piece, that it um, promote good content, as in crappy content gets has to, doesn't get posted. I don't really want to get into that because... yeah. we would be a post a publisher and we're not a publisher we're a platform every person who puts their own stuff on they are the publisher right self-publisher so what do you guys think about um uh that kind of stuff if you guys have any suggestions for features um um let us know comment because i'm not (laughs) i don't I don't. I, I, one thing I think that um, uh, they're doing that megacorps do is they do lots of mergers and acquisitions and grow big, 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 and then they lose whatever they were from the start somehow. So, uh, Drive Through RPG now has merged with um, Roll Twenty, and um, they do all kinds of stuff. Uh, I think leaving Big Geek Emporium. A marketplace where people can get get and and sell gameware, whatever that might be. When we might expand for, uh, out of outside of game PDFs and print books when we get to that. But uh, all the other oh, and um, having a um, I know I don't think crowdfunding is a good idea, and I don't think having a VTT is a good idea either. Not that not saying anything bad about VTTs. But we would definitely be okay with 
letting people sell their VTT wear, you know, like a maps that are compatible with whatever um, modules that are set up to just be loaded in to a VTT seamlessly, that, that kind of stuff. Um, but at, in the same vein, we could even um, house STL files for 3D printers for game material, because why not? It's just a file. So anything like that is is fine, but merging with a another it's related, but it's not the same kind of thing. Uh, a VTT or a crowdfunding platform, I don't know. But yeah. I would appreciate some feedback if if uh, people can make a good case for it, then maybe. Oh, David Gall says once it's ready for PDFs, he's all in. Awesome, David. I've got to buy your stuff anyway, dude. That's been on the back burner. I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure we're probably going to launch PDF only, and only because we, um, it's going to require some programming uh, that uh, I'm going to have to learn or find someone that will do it. Right. Cool. Well. Oh yeah, Sean. VTT is not needed for a storefront. Selling VTTs would be okay. Selling material for a VTT would be fine. We don't need to be a, we don't need to be associated with a particular one. We would be fine with selling for everyone. Correct. Which means more money. Well, yeah, I mean, for if, everyone. If you're going to be a businessman, do it. We're going to be business dudes. When Joe wants to make money. I want to make money. I want you guys to make money and make stuff. I mean, if, dang it. That's if we associate with one particular VTT, then we hate money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and we don't hate money. Hmm. Yeah, I don't see us, and I and Joe, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't see us becoming. If we ever got big, I don't I think we would do exclusive crap with people like drive through does. I don't care about exclusive. Me neither. Yeah. Not no, no. This is what I would. Um, I've thought about exclusive and what it means. Mm -hmm. What do we mean for the store? Um, the only way exclusive works is if we offer something that's worthwhile. Right. But I don't I don't I don't see how we'd have to be much bigger of a platform yeah. down the road. Right now exclusive would mean No, yeah, we'd have to have to offer them. Yeah. That can yeah. make it worth their while. Yeah. And still it wouldn't be worth it to them. No. Even if we offer them half off on or or free. Right. No no charges. It wouldn't be worth it because Mm -hmm. We don't. We're not going to have the reach that drive-through has. Right. We're, and we may never. So exclusive with us is probably Until after VengerCon. Okay. After VengerCon, we'll be bigger than drive-through RPG. <laughs> you heard it here first. Randy has prognosticated. It shall be. Right. <laughs> All right. You ready to get the heck out of here, Joseph? Yes. I am very tired. I'm oh. sure everybody can tell. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for coming out tonight. If you'd like to support our show, please like, subscribe, do all the things. We're on the socials, of course, video, podcast. Uh, we've talked about the support already. Joe's little cool, scrolly thing, PayPal. Um, PayPal.me slash BiggestGeekest. I can drop us a little cash. Streamlabs and Anchor. Uh, Joe will have those links posted. On the web, you can find us at BiggestGeekestPodcast.com. And the geeks at biggestpodcast.com is our email. What does Darth have? 358. First, we, we'll do the first thing first. Wow. Mar Hockman. Like, subscribe, obey. You <laughs> will obey. You will obey. Dude. But Darth says, I have 35 gigs 
have a 35 gig file of gamebook PDFs. Trust me, I will gladly change storefronts. Dude. That's two, that's two people on this stream alone that have said they will go to our store. We love that. Yes. Yeah. Well, man, I guess that's it. This is Randy. And this is Joe, and who's remember, desperately trying to hurry up and get to where he needs to be. All right. Remember, can't be big like us than being geeks like us. And see the Avenger. Do that again. Do that. Do that again. See you at AdventureCon. AdventureCon. Woo. Sweet adventure, baby. I'm going to run it. <laughs> That's the wrong one. That's still, I'm, oh, I'm tired. I'm really tired. No, you it's, can do it, man. We can get out of here. I think we can. We can get out of here. Hold on. Hold on, everybody. Hold on, everybody. Hold on, everybody. Hold on. We're going to get out of here. For some reason, this, there it is. I had to make that disappear. We can do this. <laughs>